Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we thank you for the gift of mothers. Father, the ways that we can see you in the heart of the people who have given us life. Father, we are so grateful, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I have to admit, when, when Father Henry asked me to preach on Mother's Day, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't want to mess this one up. And he was like, oh, you got it. You got it. I think he was kind of passing it on to me. <laughs> I, I actually, I am so grateful to get to do this. And it, because I think that for any of us, you, the word mother, the word mom, it just brings up so many images. I, I don't know of very many relationships in our lives that possess the depth of relationship that we have with our mother, that a child has with their mother. Of course, their relationships are special. Other family members are special. Dads, you're special. This is just not your day. So just sit back and enjoy this. There, but a mother there seems to possess, they possess this deep innate sense of care that can comfort the soul, soothe hurts, love unconditionally. And, and as a young father, it was kind of hard on me that every time something went wrong, they went to their mom. They would run to her to cuddle up or they would crawl or anything that I had done or said, they would go to their mom. They still do, and I don't get that. Um, when they needed extra attention or to fall asleep in the safety of their mother's lap, that's where they went. They needed mom. There's care that comes that a mother possesses that is special. It's it, we get the opportunity to celebrate them today. This relationship that's so important of us, it's the longest relationship we have in our lives. I can think of so many things in my own childhood, songs that my mother and I would sing together, we'd go to the park, things that stood out in such powerful ways that I can remember. My mom brought comfort. But I also want to celebrate, and please hear this, I'm not doing this to, one, embarrass my wife, or saying that these are probably the same things that you've seen in your own life or that you've done as a mother. I can think of innumerable times that Mary Jane came to the rescue in our boys' lives. And I want to give a few examples. Every bump, bruise, or break, it was mom who seemed to come to the rescue. My inclination was to try to dismiss, rub some dirt on it, and quip, you're fine, you're fine. In fact, one weekend, Mary Jane went out of town and one of our sons broke his arm and I did just that. I was not greeted with much love when Mary Jane got back, but that's a whole nother thing. But Mary Jane would stoop down. She would enter into the world. She had a, uh, Dr. Cookie would come to the rescue. She would love on her boys, comfort them, put a Band-Aid on it whether they needed it or not, and gave them care and gave them time. Someone hurt their feelings a friend or a school, wherever it was, the boys would sometimes just feel like they weren't very significant or they were crushed, their spirit was. And MJ would take them in their arms or took them to do something that allowed them to always feel significant. She made them feel like they were the most important. And if you asked any one of our boys who mom loves best, who's, who's mom's favorite, without hesitation, they would all say, I am. Mary Jane just knew how to make them feel as if they were all her favorite. If one of the boys talked back or hurt her feelings, she might just look at him and say, you're mine and God gave you to me, and I carried you in my belly. 
which always seemed to penetrate to the right spot with the boys, and they would skulk away kind of slowly. Trouble at school with the teacher, the motherly instincts were in full effect, and mother hen would come to protect her babies. Or the nights that words wouldn't fix anything, wouldn't fix what was broken or hurting. It was Mary Jane who would sit outside the boys' bedroom doors all night and pray for them, even if they knew it or not. There's something special about a relationship with a mother and their children. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the gifts that God's given us with mothers. It's the part of the character, the heart of God that's been uniquely created that allows us to see and experience his tenderness and unending care and love for each of us. Which brings us to the gospel reading today. I I looked at the other passages, which I love, but this one just kept grabbing me over and over as I read it and as I prepared. And I thought it was so important for us to share today. Let me read it for you one more time. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold, your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So let me set the scene of what's happening right now, because this is really, really important. Jesus is on the cross. He was near death. The pain and agony were excruciating that he was feeling physically. His mission to free us from sin was almost complete. He'd been left alone in the garden to pray. No one came to pray with him, and he prayed until sweat became blood. He'd gone through mock trials. People who celebrated his arrival in Jerusalem just a few days prior were now calling for, in a frenzy, calling for his crucifixion and death. He'd been beaten, mocked, and in some accounts made to carry his own cross. The soldiers had just gambled for his tunic. Almost everyone who had followed Jesus were gone. They had deserted him. And just as Jesus had predicted they would, only a handful of supporters, four, were left. Among them were Mary, his mother, and John, one of his disciples. I'm so, so struck by this. In the midst of his pain and his suffering and all that he was going through on the cross um, was Mary. No doubt enveloped in grief and agony as she, his earthly mother, watches her son Jesus suffer. Who could understand what it meant for Mary to accept the burden of being the earthly mother of the Son of God? To have been pregnant before marriage, even if it was a miraculous God-given pregnancy, she was just a young girl by today's standards when an angel came to her. She was faithful And she was strong. Even though this pregnancy could be the end of her, she believed and trusted in God in the way that only a mother can. She traveled by donkey in the late stages of pregnancy to give birth to the new king and savior in a manger, a barn, among 
the barn animals to have had the responsibility of caring for the Savior of the world when he was just a helpless, vulnerable infant. Don't miss that. To watch him grow from a boy to a man. We know that Joseph was at the temple when Jesus taught and astounded those around him as a young boy. But sometime after that, it's presumed that Joseph passed away. So Mary was left to raise Jesus alone. The responsibility must have seemed immense. To have heard the ridicule of neighbors and friends when Jesus began his ministry. Who did he think he was? I mean, he's the son of a carpenter. He's, he's a construction worker. Like, is he really the king and savior of the world? To have seen his power and loved and expressed in such selfless ways that Mary got to witness as he brought hope to the hopeless, love to the least, and to make the unclean clean again, to restore sight to the blind. And I think he knew what that relationship, the mother-son relationship was like, and the pain that Mary would feel some point when he restored life to a son, to a widowed mother at a funeral procession at Nain. We can surmise how important his relationship was with his son, with his own mother by the restoration of this life, and ultimately um, their life together, this mother and the son. He understood the pain and the loss that the mother was feeling. But what was she feeling now as she looked at her son, this earthly mother of Jesus that knew all that she could about him? She knew the way that he spoke, his, the sound of his voice that she'd heard, his tears that he cried as an infant. She knew his laugh. She knew him intimately as his mom. Did she think back on his birth and the first time she laid eyes on him? Did she remember his first steps, his first words as she looked at her son? I think she probably did. I can imagine like many mothers, she would have done anything to ease his suffering, to ease his pain. She would have taken his place, I'm guessing. But he was fulfilling a prophecy, and she couldn't take his place because he was taking her place and our place. For all of us who deserved to be on that cross, he was there. What was it like for Mary as her world came crashing down, as all the potential and promise that she'd seen in her son that she had known seemed to be lost when he was dragged away and ultimately hanging on a cross? to see and feel his wounds, to weep with helplessness. Mary had been through so much of a as a result of receiving this blessing, of being the earthly mother of the Lord. She had offered so much. She had so much still to offer. Jesus had been the recipient of her love on earth and her care and her direction. He knew the joy of a mother-son relationship, he had needed her, and she had needed him. And standing with Mary in horror and agony were just a few others who loved him deeply, his faithful friend John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, stood nearby. Soon his world would fall apart. Soon he would wander aimlessly for the next three days. Soon he would fear for his life because he was one of them who followed Jesus of Nazareth.
But on this day, John stood with Mary. Something remarkable happens at this point. Jesus looked down upon the two people he loved so much, and he, on the cross, sought to show care to them. To Mary, he said, Dear woman, here is your son. To John, he said, Here is your mother. The Greek indicates that Jesus was very much in control at this point. Almost matter of fact, he spoke these tender instructions. His, world, his words revealed the depth of his love and care for his own. Jesus was in, in excruciating physical pain, and his death was near. He knew that darkness would soon cover this place, and he would bear the world's sin alone in darkness. And even with all of that crushing him, he thought of his own. Even as he died, they were all in his heart. And he who thought so perfectly of his own in the same time of extreme suffering, he bears that heart for and depth of love for each of us. We are his own. He still cares intimately and completely for his own the way that he did for Mary and John at that moment. We have a Savior who loves us so deeply that when we are hurting, he will comfort us. Jesus' instructions from the cross reveal just how perfect his love and care are. The phrase in verse 26 describing John as standing nearby means John was standing with Mary beside her. Evidently, he was the only disciple at the cross. After these three years, he is there with Mary. As a theologian and author, Pastor R.C.H. Linsky said, these two belong together because they, these two were losing in Jesus' death more than the rest. Mary was losing her son. And John, the master who loved him beyond, John, his master who loved him beyond the rest. And John and Mary gazed up at misery at the mutilated form of their greatest love. And Christ summoned all his strength and said, John, this is your mother. Mary, this is your son. In obedience, John took Mary as a surrogate mother. In their need, they would have each other. A mother to care for and nurture her new son. A son to care for and protect his new mother. Is it possible that the mother-son relationship was so important to Jesus that he offered it to two people he was closest with on earth. Our relationship with our mothers is a blessing. No one else has the ability to have the same impact. It is a long-term relationship. Let me say this. It's the longest-term relationship that we have with influence that continues from, from the womb to the grave. Even after a mother has her own children and a mother becomes a grandmother, the mother-child relationship, it just starts from the very beginning of life and stays with us till the very end. Even when there's brokenness in this relationship, there's never a lack of love. Even when things don't go exactly the way that we think they are, there's this faithfulness and depth of a mother's love that is so intense that it never ends for her children. For those who have become the surrogate mothers to others, you share that same heart of care and empathy 
as you love those around you. So today we celebrate mothers. And I say thank you. I say thank you for your care, your depth of limitless love that you share, even though it might not always be noticed or appreciated in the ways that it should. You, in so many ways, please hear this, moms, and those who have taken on that role, you become the very hands and feet of Jesus to your children. You are given the great responsibility to sustain life, to love, to nurture, to teach, to raise up. There's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, I just liked it. So I'm going to tell it, even... um, because I think it's grateful. I'm grateful for my own mother and the life that she's lived and the ways that she's loved me. I'm, and not quite as young as she once was, but it made me think of my mom, so I'm going to share it. It's a fall day, and a young son is standing next to his elderly mother, and they're talking, taking in the beautiful colors of the changing foliage. Obviously, they're not in Midland. Just throwing that out there. And the mother says this, wouldn't it be nice? Or the son says, "Um, isn't it wonderful for God to make something just before it dies to make it so beautiful? And the mother said, wouldn't it be nice if he did that with people? And the young man looked at his mom, this white-haired figure, and he said, sometimes he does. And he embraced his mother. Jesus, the Son of God, experienced how beautiful a mother could be even as he suffered on the cross. He wanted to ensure that his mother Mary was comforted and cared for, that he, even near the end, wanted to return the care that had been so selflessly given to him, the care that so many of you have given so selflessly to your children. The beauty of a relationship with a child and their mother has nothing to do with physical features. It has everything to do with love offered, received, and reflected back. To all our mothers, happy Mother's Day. We are so grateful for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.